he proposed. So I literally, I should have, we should have gone over this before it started recording because it's all coming back to me now. Or there was another day where the girls were chased with machetes and it was just. Wait, what? Hello. Hello. Well, anyway, how are you doing? Pretty. Okay, I like I lost my power, but it got back. So that's good. But I got ambitious and I air fried and microwaved at the same time, which I've done before. But I think I don't maybe I did it for lunch and not dinner. So I didn't have on the light that's like connected to the same circuit so I blew the circuit basically so then I missed my final exam session because I didn't have wi-fi um but it would be rough if anybody was stuck inside my brain (laughs) I think it'd be really interesting (laughs) you'd be tired after 10 minutes exhausted give me a break (laughs) Sammy you're from Rhode Island are you from Providence or from Newport I am from, technically it's Middletown, which is in Newport County, but I just say Newport because no one knows Middletown. (laughs) And then you study, wait, do you say public health? Yeah, that's the funky fun thing. I study public health, but I'm preclinical psych. Preclinical psych, okay. Mm -hmm. And then you are a sophomore year, but of senior age? Yeah, so I took two years off. Okay, got you. Um, what was like the transition like coming, going back to Brown? Which time? Because there were two come back to Browns. There were two? Yes. Oh. So I did, okay, well, quick little overview. Yeah. So I finished high school in 2016. And then I took a gap year, traveled. Then I started at Brown 2017. I was here for like two and a half months. I think Thanksgiving is when I ended up taking my leave. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up coming back 2018, but I was only here for like two and a half weeks. And then this last time was when I finally finished the semester. I remember that. We witnessed your first semester. Okay, so you went on a gap year. What did you do during your gap year? So the first half, I continued the job that I've been working at during high school. So I worked with individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So primarily with individuals with Down syndrome. So I did that for about the first half of the year. And then I went to Vietnam and then Europe for two months, came home for a month, and then Kenya for about a month and a half, and then returned to my job that I had been working at before. That is craziness. There's so much to unpack in that. (laughs) My parents would agree. It was definitely not the norm to say, okay, off I go, especially from Rhode Island where there's, have I told you the Rhode Island joke where it's, if you leave, you bring a cooler because there's no way it's more than a day trip. Um, Like you're bred to stay in Rhode Island. And then I thought I was going to beat that, but then I ended up staying in Rhode Island yeah yeah Yeah. um so I think that's definitely contributed to traveling so much because Rhode Island I love so so much that being said I believe I am at my Rhode Island quota as far as time spent here so we like to maximize time elsewhere good what led you to want to do the job in high school 
Yeah, so I started in middle school volunteering with individuals from that community. So there was one student in my class in sixth grade who had a hard time running with everybody else in gym class. So we created a running club where before school would start in the morning, there'd just be a select group of us and you'd go run with this individual, laps around the gym, then you'd show up sweaty to your first class, but all my teachers understood. So that started in sixth grade and then it was the best. It was awesome. And then I joined Best Buddies as well. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, what's that? Um, I probably, I don't have it down anymore since I'm no longer involved in it. So it's basically, it's kind of individuals without intellectual and developmental disabilities are paired with individuals with IDDs. That's just the acronym. It'll make it easier when we're speaking. So it's kind of like a friendship pairing, if you will. And then you just go out in the community, you hang out, there are club meetings, advocacy work, things like that. So I did that in sixth grade. I ended up staying with that organization throughout all of high school. I became president. I attended the National Leadership Conference. I played unified sports. So it's a similar concept of individuals of all different intellectual and developmental backgrounds and abilities were on the same team. We won the state championships was I believe for basketball actually I'm pretty sure so basketball and volleyball we did then for my senior project I did a unified sports game during the school day and then had my whole entire high school attend which was really awesome so all the athletes could show off their skills and then I also volunteered with Special Olympics all throughout high school too. Yeah I volunteered for the Special Olympics I didn't do all throughout high school but I did it like once. Isn't it the best? (laughs) It was so much fun. It was awesome like a track I think it was a track day or something but Mm -hmm. they had different events so they had like outdoor like the track stuff and then they had basketball too and they Mm -hmm. had volleyball and then and the track part they had not just running but like all the different types of events yeah I know there's like the 50 meter walk which is awesome because that's more accessible for a lot of individuals there's swimming too there's a student who went to my high school who got gold multiple times for swimming he was so good at it so yeah, so that was basically all of my high school experience. Um, and then and when I turned 18, I could start to get paid for that work. So then I started working for an agency. And then the most recent position I had was up until 2018, where I worked under a psychologist. And then I provided behavioral therapy treatment in homes in Providence. So oh. that was my most recent thing. Yeah. yeah. So then made the transition to here. And it it never comes up anymore. If you scroll on my Instagram, like my whole entire feed is just me and all my friends in high school, which is the best thing ever. I'm going to do that right now. (laughs) Hold on. on I'll entertain us. Commercial break, everyone. (laughs) Okay, wait. So then where did the traveling like factor in? So you went to Vietnam first? Yeah, so Vietnam was the compromise, if you will, between my parents and I. I did a Habitat for Humanity build, which they felt a lot more comfortable with. Um, What was the initial, what was your initial plan? My initial plan as what I've done since is I just find NGOs that I like and I email them and say, hello, I would like to work for you. And then they (laughs) reply and then off I go. But to start, my parents wanted a more concrete plan. And look, I'm happy I did Habitat just because I think it can be a very problematic field paying to travel to do service but Habitat's super clear with where they're putting their money 
Um, you, this probably makes so much more sense to you because I've since forgotten it, but the economics behind all of it, they do microfinance loans, I believe. You can fact check this. You know it all better I, I than know. me. <laughs> Just because I study econ doesn't mean I know it. You know, you still know more than me. I, like, I couldn't even <laughs> define finance, but I think it's a more sustainable way of traveling if you're looking for a more concrete program. So I did that in Vietnam and then came back for the holidays and then off to Barcelona I went where I practiced my Spanish and then came back to the U.S. to Rhode Island. Shockingly nothing had changed. Um, <laughs> was here for a month, worked again, and then off to Kenya. <laughs> Off to Ken okay, so how did you decide to go to Kenya? That was, I read about this organization um, in a CNN article, and I said, I love this, and I emailed them. They didn't reply to my emails, so then I was feeling really ambitious. I went on their website. I found the name of their executives. I added them on Facebook, and then one actually responded, and we connected, and that's how I got my in. <laughs> Oh my god. Wait, that's incredible. That's your LinkedIn energy. Yeah, that's no, that's past LinkedIn energy. That's <laughs> like I don't even you don't even need LinkedIn for that. I feel like that's like the epitome of going after what you want. Like you literally just saw it in a CNN article and then researched it and then and then connected with the person the executive director. Yeah, I had the benefit of being 18 and just going for things without really thinking about it and then I also had time and money from having worked so it all three lined up then 18 year old me found herself in Kenya I remember the first memory I had landed at night connected with one of the staff from the organization and then we got pulled over because they saw that I was in the car and I was not from Kenya or didn't appear to be from Kenya yeah. and it, that was my first night they wanted me to bribe them it was like what? shift it it was like this is my first time again 18 I then the workers from the organization told me to lie and say I was there as a missionary because then they wouldn't accept money from me. So that was my first night. Oh my um, God. <laughs> I forget all of these things happened because someone asked me the other day to share a fun fact and I didn't really have anything. My shower curtain has blackberries on it. I love <laughs> berries. Like, no. And then I remembered I had gotten proposed to in Kenya. I Wait, totally, what? I know. I had forgotten all about this. So then I make it, the first couple days were in Nairobi, and then we traveled to Lusak, um, which is about 30 minutes from this town called Marlalal. Um, Okay. <laughs> it's literally that's how it's spelled and everyone it's all coming back to me they always made fun of me because I couldn't pronounce it so I still can't things just don't change but I remembered there was a local teacher from the town and he came by the center multiple days I think the third day was when he engaged and then the center like he engaged or you guys got engaged so he proposed <laughs> so I literally I should have we should have like gone over this before it started recording because it's all coming back to me now oh, or there was another day where the girls were chased 
with machetes and it was just Jimmy, what again I was oh I forgot the best part of this whole entire story so I go there and I said hello I'm here 18 years old I don't speak any Swahili let's let's go Woo-hoo. and then <laughs> I was just supposed to help the girls with their English and just sort of hang out at the center nothing too wild however then the center director's relative passed away so all of the center staff went back to Nairobi leaving me a couple days into my time in Kenya in charge of about 175 girls in rural Kenya 18 year old me what it was a lot it it's all coming back to me this podcast is going to be a mess wait Um, whoa yeah so here I yeah continue continue I don't even know where to go so anyways one day the girls I forget what they were out doing but I think they were looking for sticks in the forest that we needed for fire and then two local men started chasing them with machetes I remember all the girls running back in some of their flip-flops had fallen off so that was one experience another girl escaped because she had a boyfriend um what that it was so much. Um, oh, also, this was a center for survivors of child marriage, female genital mutilation, and beating, which is essentially like claiming young girls to be wed. So it was really heavy. Um, yeah. So what did you do when they all dispersed and you were just there? Like, okay, great. I have 175 girls to take care of. Yeah. So great, great question. They left me with a couple of the Kenyan workers as well. And they put me in charge of them as well, which was just a terrible dynamic because I shouldn't be in charge of people that should be in charge of me. I remember one night, one of the Kenyan workers who was probably mid thirties. So someone significantly older than me at the time, she wanted me one of the girls had stolen an extra piece of food or something. And she wanted me to beat the girl that had stolen something with a stick which I didn't do because I'm not comfortable doing that and so oh god really strange time so that was me at 18. But the fact that you handled all of that and was able to not let everything go to chaos like was pretty. I, I don't know how it happened why it happened I forgot it happened (laughs) out of your memory yeah how do you even go back to brown from that you you don't this is when we refer to when I didn't make it through a whole semester (laughs) because I had in my head all everything that I thought of in terms of money I thought in terms of how much it would cost in Kenya for those girls to pay their school fees and things like that so I wouldn't eat out I wouldn't do any of those things because fifteen dollars that's half of one trimester's fee for one of the younger girls primary school so that's how I thought of everything which then when you start your first year of college and everyone's going out and they're partying and they're doing all these things and then in my head I'm thinking in Kenya there's there's this problem going on it just doesn't mesh well it really doesn't (laughs) um so my first attempt at starting at Brown was not the most successful that's when I said okay I have some medical stuff going on and then I ended up not completing the semester and then I ended up taking the leave starting around Thanksgiving so to answer your question though it it didn't work you I didn't transition back well 
Honestly, though, I feel like that's partly because you were already way more, I don't know, like mature, but also just like in a different worldly perspective, you know? Than- I, I had, I think the amazing thing with Brown is there are ton of people even starting their first year that are more mature than perhaps some other people elsewhere right that being said it was just I had already lived alone away from my family so it was weird transitioning back to this place where the values that I had established over the year didn't align with the values of everybody I was surrounded by so that was it took me time to learn like people have different experiences and not everyone is thinking about things in terms of Kenyan education dollars. You know, that's just you, Sammy. So <laughs> now I think I've accepted everybody's taking a different journey in life. <laughs> so just let people do what they do. I'll do what I do. Yeah. It also helps to not be in a dorm because I get to return to my building that has adults in it. So mm-hmm. then I get to exist between the two worlds of being a college student and then also not fully feeling like a college student so it worked out well yeah yeah that's true and I know you mentioned that you went to Mexico City at some point yes is this in the timeline yes I've been three times so the first time we'll go back to that Thanksgiving when I said oh golly I'm sick to the hospital I go then I spent that winter in Boston in the hospital and then came back to Rhode Island and then still continued treatment and all of that and then come May I said it is time I'm ready to travel so I spent a month in Mexico City same exact thing as before I found an organization I liked emailed them didn't have to find them on Facebook this time and then I was there for a month and I didn't pay them a program fee we it, it was a lot a lot better yeah, yeah um I went there for a month and then I came back because I was doing a summer class and I was also working at the same job doing behavioral therapy as before. So I had attempted to start at Brown again fall 2018 and I said, oh gosh, you know, you're still sick, Sammy. So after my two and a half weeks, took another leave. Consistency is key in the story. And then same exact thing back to the hospital. I went grinding, putting in the work as one does. Then I found myself with five months of time. I didn't want to return to work. I wanted to return to Mexico. So then I spent five months there, March through August 2019. When I went back for the five-month period, I just studied at a university there. Um, So my Spanish got better. And then the last time I went back was over winter break. And then I just hung out with my friends for a month when I was there. So it was a lovely time. Amazing. And these friends you met at the university? I met a lot of my friends at the university were exchange students. So they had just gone home in December beforehand. But it these were, I met so many friends just in random coffee shops, just Aww. all over. I feel like you could talk to any stranger and get along with them. You know what I mean? My claim to fame, one airport trip, I got four different business cards because I just bonded with people. You are so in tune with other people's social, I don't know, places, you know? So then you can, you know, like when to go in and when to not. It's a pulse. You you have to feel it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I still have all the business cards. Do you think you were always 
you always have that personality of being able to just walk up to people and talk to strangers. I think so. I think I've calmed down over the years, fortunately, but I still think it serves me well in that. It's a great thing. I think especially with creating inclusive spaces and things like that, I can strike up a conversation with whoever. So at least they have me in the room. And even if we're not going to be best friends, hopefully they feel listened to, heard, et cetera. Yeah. So you are a pretty big leader in BOC and also Bolt, right? At Brown. Yes. Those, what do I, yeah, I feel like Frisbee and DG are the things where I just exist, if you will. I, I, I feel like I'm as active as one can be without being leadership. That's pretty good, though. Well, I mean, what do you mean you are, you are Nate. You're a coach. <laughs> You're a Frisbee coach. I think, like, I have a hard time, this is going to be the absolute worst sentence, this is one of the ones where if you read, you would roll your eyes at, but we're saying it anyways, <laughs> I have a hard time not giving things my all. How did you get involved in BOC and Bolt? I did Bolt, I was a Bolter, um, the 2018 summer, so it was after my first leave, and then I had done it then. I had the most positive experience. I was too anxious to talk to anybody. I was so, so nervous coming back to Brown. I had the best experience, and the first people I saw back at Brown were my Bolt leaders. That's amazing. You're doing all the things, Sammy. Yes, I also have to put out, though, this is another misconception. I self-care and give myself me time like nobody's business. That, yeah, I feel like you do a really good job of doing that as well. Everyone knows, like, a Friday yeah. night, I'm not going out. I'm in onesies. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm drinking tea. I don't want to go out. I know that. But I feel like a lot of people who would want to do that wouldn't necessarily do it. But maybe because of your other experiences, you're able to be like, no, I need to take this time myself. I think that's what's been most successful about coming back this time is I accepted that I'm not going to have a traditional college experience. That's the reality of it. I get to have the moments like Frisbee, DG, Outing Club. I get to have those moments of college, if you will. But then there are some other things that I'm, I saw, I've never been to a spring weekend before, something like that. Really? Yeah, so those sorts of things. Or just, I don't want to go out and party in a basement on the week. I just, I'm, I'm good. I feel like maybe if I were 18 or 19 and I had just started, that would have been one thing. Yeah. But it's just not my interest and I've accepted it doesn't bring me joy. Whereas before I was trying to go out because I thought going out would make me happy, but it just made me more sad because I didn't like it. Right, right. So now you kind of have almost the best of both worlds like you have the college experience but also your individual own experience outside of college what is like the other component that's outside of college I feel like mine I think this actually goes back to when I first transitioned back to brown after time in Kenya just values if you will I think things that upset some people do not upset me um <laughs> like what is the difference between you think your values versus the traditional college kids I hmm, I'm trying to think of I think it unfortunately goes back to the same thing of like there are people dying in Africa I just yeah. think I'm less 
bothered by some of the things that might bother Mm. other people like if something there's a hiccup with a party or a weekend scheduling sort of thing like that I'm unfazed um because you just have a totally different perspective yeah and again I'm sure I think the awesome thing here is so many people also have that perspective but it just doesn't come up in everyday conversation you're like hey talk about the adversity you've overcome like you, you don't unpack that right away so and that just comes from all of your experiences in the past I think yes and but again everyone has their own experiences so I'm sure other people are in similar boats because a lot of the times you don't even know where the other person's perspectives have come from until you like sit down and talk to them you know and then it like you're like oh like that that explains a lot okay so looking at like the bigger picture with all of your your experiences traveling going to Vietnam your your wild experience in Kenya, like Mexico City, working, volunteering, behavioral therapy, clinical psychology. Like, what do you think you're preparing yourself for? Consciously or unconsciously? Or like, if you haven't figured that out, that's like totally fine too. As far as like career goalie sorts of things? It could be career or just, just value wise too. I... I think I actually just did my Spanish final project on this. So I did it on immigrant mental health. And we talked a lot about just the white savior complex in the class and things because there was a community service component of it as well. So I did interpreting at Rhode Island Free Clinic. And my final, I haven't gotten the grade back, so we'll see how this goes over. My final line was about how saying I want to be a clinical psychologist and I want to better my Spanish and learn about more cultures. I think, I guess my value would be balancing me wanting to work with communities that I'm not a part of, and then also understanding there is a need and it is okay for me to try to address that need because it's tricky being white, being privileged and saying, I want to provide therapy for you. Not that simple. So there's obviously a lot of reflection work that I get to think about through both my assignments and work and all these things of is this my space can I help people etc and then so I guess that would be values of just reflecting on all of this and then end goal would be clinical psych PhD research practicing great time I've known for years that's I think the one thing that hasn't change yeah because it's like throughout the whole time like with the kenya thing but also mexico city like you have you've known what you want and just gone after it yes i think the biggest change was i accepted that i don't love our psychology program here because it's not a clinical one so then i found public health which is the actual love of my life i just love the department it is everything to me so (laughs) that was the big change that I got that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't taken time off and my quality of life my educational experience has just gone up greatly because I found public health wow wow that's that's a huge testament to Brown's public health department <laughs> please sponsor us School of public health. <laughs> Christina Paxson hire Sammy love me I'm, I'm resilient <laughs> well one of my last questions is, who are two people that you admire from Brown who are also 
sort of the same I don't know they don't have to have the same like drive but just people that you see eye to eye with you're like those people are cool you know and you think you would want to know more about or you have gotten the privilege to know more about and you're like wow like this person's cool I'm so happy that I'm the second person on because I was able to listen to the first episode and I had a feeling this was coming, so I actually put thought into it. My first person is Olivia Hinch. So I, every single week, I learned something new about her. So she did her research over winter break in Tunisia, interviewing women about a 2012 revolution there wild I remember I got a text from her over winter break I'm in Tunisia and I said what What? I'm working on my thesis she's also worked for Bernie Sanders before and then she also got a Fulbright and she'll be going to Morocco in January it got pushed back because of coronavirus so powerhouse and I honestly I know nothing about her research I just know she's done it but and I would love to listen to that episode the second person (laughs) Also named Olivia, but she goes by Liv. Do you know Liv McLean? I have heard she's in she's involved in BOC, right? Yes. Yep. So that she we were co new leader trainers. So I got to know her a lot more this past semester. Okay. Powerhouse. She does a ton of work with Sunrise. She's a sophomore. Um, just very very knowledgeable on environmental advocacy, political activism. Uh, also does photography because why not be that talented yeah. so I don't know a lot about her work either and I'd also be curious to hear how like the pandemic is affecting all of that work yeah. that so very interesting wow we could do an Olivia back-to-back Olivia. special Olivia squared episode <laughs> the new name of the podcast and you can only interview people named Olivia only Olivia <laughs> what's your requirement what is your name amazing thank you for those recommendations those are really good I put thought into it yeah I can tell okay (laughs) now the moment we've all been waiting for drumroll your show and tell what is it I'm so excited oh my god I love Dave's color bread wait that's amazing wait what is that are you just gonna eat a piece of bread So this is what I was thinking because I read your text and I said, I don't have any talents as in I can't yodel or whistle or anything of the sort. What I can do is promote the heck out of this brand of bread. So anyone listening that made it this far, Dave's Killer Bread, one delicious, now carried Walmart, Target, Whole Foods, everywhere. Dave though was previously incarcerated and he now only hires individuals who have a criminal record which is awesome because we're making sure everybody has a job so yeah yeah I mean I'm spread best with Dave's killer bread because I wait how did you well first of all I only heard of it because of the how I built this podcast where they interviewed him and I heard his entire life story and I was just and I loved the bread beforehand like I would go to Costco and only buy the 21 grain and seed bread in like the green package because it's a freaking amazing I have it in my fridge right now (laughs) and and then I listened to the podcast and I fell in love with it even more how did you like I don't even know a sense learning I don't even remember how I learned maybe a random google one day because I did I didn't 
I bought the bread based off of its flavor and just appeal before yeah. I realized what the business was, but it's on the packaging too. So I don't even remember when I learned, but it just made it even better if that was even possible. <laughs> the flavor was just enhanced. <laughs> it's so true though. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So shout out to wow. Dave. We love you. That was a great wacky show and tell but I mean I loved it, it was <laughs> I also put thought into that one too <laughs> I could tell I really appreciate your thought <laughs> favorite bread please sponsor me no, just kidding. <laughs> the theme of this episode is trying to get sponsored, to get sponsored. <laughs> well that is all the questions I have thank you so much Sammy this is amazing thank you for having me of course this was incredible I'm so pleased to hear all of your your entire stories and they're just so inspirational and I feel like I'm it explains you even more and I have a greater appreciation for all that you are many thanks this was a good reminder that they don't tell our friends about my life ever <laughs> <laughs> can't can't give too much away I have to keep some of it up. I keep them interested yeah, I keep them interested keep them coming you know <laughs> That's it. <laughs>